Welcome to Get Your Shift Together, hosted by Michelle Ferrari. As an executive and leadership coach, Michelle's mission is to support you on your leadership journey, whether you lead a team of 5,000 or are seeking to improve your own self-leadership. Michelle's approach is to guide you in understanding the impact of your choices and actions and help you shift those choices and actions to align with your goals. Michelle's humor and expertise will leave you wanting more. I hope you're ready to jump in because it's time to get your shift together. Welcome back to Get Your Shift Together. I'm here with your host, Michelle Ferrari. We're ready to bring the energy to you today. We're ready to help you get your shift together. And I'm Jordan Harding, co-hosting. Michelle, how are you this morning? I'm terrific. We're, um, I'm excited about our topic. It's I, uh, near super, and dear to me. I'm excited about it too. And I, and I feel like you, you picked this topic for someone like myself and specifically for the listener. It's a it's a, it's a really important one. And the more I read about it, the more I was surprised to really understand what it, what it meant. How do you define radical accountability? Cause that's what we're going to speak about today. It's radical accountability. So how do you define it? My personal definition is, you know, what I'll be, let me just say this first, what I'll be most excited about is if after listening to this, people are just more accountable, even if it's not radical accountability. <laughs> just, you know, just up in the level of accountability. But radical, radical accountability for me is conscious ownership, not only of what you do, but also what you think, what your energy impact is, what you say so radical accountability to me is who am i in this world who do i want to be in this world and i will consciously choose to align myself with that all the time and when i don't i will own it and by own it i mean name it apologize for it when necessary and do better. And so Michelle, why is it important for us to be accountable and specifically radical, radically accountable? Accountability probably started coming into my consciousness about 10 or 15 years ago. I know that's big timeline. And I started to just wake up to the fact of we're living in a society where trust is on the downward trend. Now, fast forward to today's times and trust has been obliterated. And that begins with people not being accountable for what they say and do. And the reality is when you're in a position of leadership, People watch what you say and do more than they listen to what you say. And they take that as cues as to what their boundaries are for what can be said and done. 
And I think we're in a trust crisis. And I think the, the solution for that is people meaning what they say, doing what they say, so that we can build up this trust again. It's a, it's a, like I said, I, I, I don't think I'm overstating it when I say that we're in a, in a crisis situation. When do you think that trust crisis started to happen? Because, because I do, I agree with you. I think, I think it was a slow, a slow burn. Look, marketing. Does marketing create accountability? Did people set out to mislead people? No, they set out to grab people's attention. And the more things were grabbing at our attention, the harder it was to get people's attention, right? I mean, the reality is when TV was first invented, Jordan, you're too young for this, people, (laughs) so am I, just for clarity, people sat and watched commercials because they were new and they were innovative and they were entertaining. But the more devices we got, the more mediums we had grabbing our attention, it was harder to get the consumer's attention. And we started to stretch the truth and stretch the truth and stretch truth. Then you overlay the economics of it. And people using the economics to justify the elasticity of truth. And that's what they do. Well, we invested this much money. We have to make this much money. There has to be a return on investment at the expense of truth. And then we became a litigious society. Now layer on, right? Like we're building a, we're, we're building quite a tall cake. Uh, particularly in the United States of America, a hyper litigious society. So no one wanted to take accountability. And you now have lawyers who, who it's a game to say, is that what people meant? Are they really accountable? And then now layer on in recent times, our political atmosphere, right? The sort of the icing on the cake, if you will, of, of what we're building. Um, is in politics, we are now at a state where no one is accountable for anything that they promise or anything that gets left undone that they said that they would do because there's always someone else to blame. We as a society have allowed any incoming political party to not be held accountable for what they said that they would do because they get to blame it on their predecessors. Yeah, and it's sad because, you know, you think as a person living in this country, you know, the thing that just ran through my head is whenever a politician does something that, you know, you'd like to hold them accountable for, you just think, well, I'm not going to waste my time because it's not going to make a difference anyways. What about, you know, you mentioned something about being accountable to your thoughts. Where does it come in? with both being accountable to what you say you're going to do as well as to what you're thinking. And I think it comes into play of maybe other people had to be accountable for your, for something. And you thought in your mind, like, Hey, I didn't need to be account. That's not my piece. Or, you know, you're working extra hours to, to, um, you know, do, do someone else's work. And you're thinking, oh, geez, that's not fair. Because I said to myself, I was going to do something after work, or I was going to go to the gym. Where does the thought part 
come into this? I, I think one of the things that we don't understand um, deeply enough yet is that our, our thoughts and our actions are often intrinsically linked. And we, <laughs> we let our thoughts guide our actions. And when you give yourself excuses for, well, I feel this way, so therefore that's the action I'm going to choose, that's where we lose accountability. Because we justify how we show up and what we think a lot by what other people are doing and saying and believing. And when we let that external locus of control, meaning others, determine who we're going to be, then we've got a big, big problem. So if, okay, because you and I were just talking about my puppy, so this is what's on my mind. I apologize for this analogy in advance. But if a dog poops on your lawn and you don't want dogs pooping on your lawn and you see the dog and you see the dog owner and then you go out there and you start yelling and screaming, what you do is you justify it by saying, well, my lawn, and I don't want people defecating on my, I don't want dogs defecating on my lawn. So therefore this person did something to me first. So now this justifies how I show up in the world. And that is not how it works, people. What it, how it works, radical accountability to me is, who do I want to be in the world? Well, I want to be a kind, generous person with boundaries. So am I going to go out and speak to this person and kindly ask them not to do that? Yes. But am I going to call them names? Am I going to raise my voice? And am I going to bring aggressive energy to it? No. Because I want to be accountable for how I show up in the world, for the energy that I create that emanates out of me. But most of us would go, well, if that idiot hadn't showed up on my lawn, I wouldn't have been that way. No, 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 no. Doesn't matter how other people are being to you. It matters what you choose consciously to align with. Where this, I, 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 the one thing that really, like I got, I was just, I was so excited, so impressed and shocked is years ago, I, I should have looked up the year and I did not. Michael McCain, who owns a Canadian company called Maple Leaf Foods, there was a listeria outbreak. This was quite a few years ago. And Listeria, obviously, you know, there's a recall of food because it can be deadly for people. And so uh, I think they had more than one outbreak and they were trying to find the source of it. They ended up finding the source. And Michael McCain, as the CEO, got on television and said, my company, my lead, I'm responsible for this. He didn't blame the worker who hadn't cleaned X, Y, and Z properly. He didn't blame his management team who hadn't told the workers and held them accountable for, for cleaning the machine properly. He said, my company, whatever happens on my watch is my fault. And I deeply apologize to the Canadian public for letting you down. And here's what we're going to do going forward so we can regain your trust. 
And I, I was like, what, what, what? Why can't every CEO be that way? Why can't we just, and that build trust, that built allegiance. I tell I kid you not. I think about that guy on TV every time I'm in a grocery store and I see the Maple Leaf brand. Yeah, that's, that's was so incredible. Impressed. Yeah, yeah, that's incredible for their brand. And I, I think it was 2008. I remember watching uh, him come on TV and I remember how he he approached that whole situation. And, and, and I agree. Every time I hear his name since, um, you know, I, I know he's even stepped up with uh, the Cancer Foundation where I work. And every time I hear his name, I I think of how he handled that situation. Right. Because that man said, I live by certain values and I'm going to honor those values, even though there's enormous risk in it. And we have so many people whispering in our ear all the time about risk aversion and, and that that's what makes it okay to not honor your values. And all of us need to get up every day and say, who am I? What do I want to create in the world? And how am I going to hold myself accountable to that? Not how am I going to hold others accountable? How am I going to hold myself accountable to that? We all need to be doing that. I know I'm starting to sound really like angry. But if you're in a position of leadership, and I don't care if you're leading one person or if you're leading 25,000 people or 65,000 people, your responsibility is to teach by demonstration your teams what accountability looks like. I think another good example too, Michelle, if you, um, have you ever heard of Dan Price? He's uh, the CEO of Gravity Payments and his values were, you know, I'm going to pay all of my employees 70,000 at least. Because and that was just for clarity. That was the, the um, study that said happiness is dependent on money up to the point of $70,000, 70 or $75,000. After that, it, it's about a whole bunch of other things, but it just makes your life easier to that point. And he decided to give all his employees that as a baseline. Yeah. And I saw him in a clip uh, yesterday, actually, and people said to him, Hey, what's this going to do to the business? What's this going to do to the bottom line? And exactly. what's it going to do to your competitors? There was actually an article on this recently, Jordan, um, because Fox news went after him, right? Just like, they went out, called him all sorts of names, the stupidity of it, on and on and on and on and on. And this guy, I think he's quadrupled his profits since this started. Like it's, he, you know, for all of the naysayers, for everybody that said it, it's like just a stupid business decision, he has literally proven them wrong. He's garnered loyalty from his team, he's garnered loyalty from customers. He's right. He's increased profitability because profit's not a dirty word, but profit at the expense of values. That's what's dirty. That's where we lose the plot line. Profits are great. All you have to do is go to my shoe cupboard and to my purse cupboard. I don't have a purse cupboard, but I do have a lot of nice purses. I like money. I like profits, but not at the expense of our souls and at the expense of trust of each other. So for people wanting to make, you know, I don't know if you have an example of when you started you know, taking radical accountability seriously in your life, but for
for people listening to this and they're like, I- I'd like to become more accountable. What is the practice or the shift they have to start making? Well, the practice leads to the shift, right? Okay. Yeah. So it's pretty simple. Look at your life and do an analysis, do an audit of where you're letting yourself off the hook. Now, there are, you know, millions of categories in our lives that we can look at. If you said to yourself, I'm going to eat better and you're still eating fast food every day, you're not being accountable to yourself and you're using fatigue and overwork and COVID and, you know, life situations to say, here's why I can't. If you've declared it, set yourself up for making it so, even if it's hard. So one of the things about accountability, it brings up, it brings up a a sort of a criteria with radical accountability, you will be uncomfortable and we don't like to be uncomfortable. We try and get away from discomfort because we want to constantly live in comfort. And the reality is there's a lot of growth available to us in discomfort. So yeah, you might not feel like it. It might be hard. Your body might be hurting. Of course, I'm speaking from myself right now because I've increased my exercise commitment right now with this, with the puppy. And is my body hurting? Yes. But am I going to do what I said I was going to do? Yes. If you have spoken inappropriately to a friend and you know you've spoken inappropriately to a friend, own it. If you fell through on a promise to a client, if you said, I'll get it to you by Tuesday and you haven't, own it. I let you down. I apologize. I didn't uphold my end of the bargain. Is it okay if I give it to you by tomorrow morning? And look, as (laughs) here's the thought that's going through my head right now, Jordan, (laughs) all of the people that I've let down in my life (laughs) are going, what is she talking about accountability (laughs) for? She missed this deadline and she forgot to call me back. And yeah, I, I'm not, I am not saying I am the upholder of radical accountability in all circumstances. That is not what I'm saying. So if I have let you down in any way, shape or form, I'm sorry. Literally through my head, all these people are, I'm like, oh, oh, oh. So I'll be making some phone calls when I get off this, uh, when I get off the podcast, but just practice little bits. Just that's the practice. Today, I'm going to get up. And I'm going to be conscious and I'm going to be more accountable to what I'm thinking. What's my energy like? Am I going out of my front door into the world that's already under a great deal of stress with negative, frustrated, combustible thoughts? And if that's not in alignment with who you want to be in the world, make a shift. If I promised myself that I'd be healthier this week, Today, I'm going to consciously choose to be accountable to my word to myself, to myself, as it begins with self. 
if I have offended anybody, if I haven't delivered on a promise today, I'm going to make that right. I'm going to own it. It begins with naming it and not blaming anything or anyone else for it. No excuses, just I'm sorry I let you down. And then when the word but wants to come out, you just purse your lips together really tightly. <laughs> you don't let the word but come out because nobody gives a shit why you let them down. They just know that you let them down. It's true. Yeah, it's yeah. People don't care about the but, even though you want you want to say, you know, this is why or this is what was going on. It, it really doesn't matter. And it's not for like that's just helping you feel somewhat comfortable about the situation the one thing that i want to say there's a duality in this so i'm not saying be mean to yourself i'm not saying give when your well is completely empty and try harder when your well is empty and don't take care of yourself that's not what i'm saying because there is a, a self-care and a kindness and a latitude that you have to give yourself for being perfectly imperfect. And at a gut level, what I know to be true is that you know when you're at that line and you know when you're not, but you're just using excuses. So there's a difference. So when, when I'm tired and I don't feel like taking Georgie for a walk, well, I'm tired and I didn't sleep well last night. That's an excuse. When I'm at my breaking point and I've, and I've really done everything I can to show up as the person that I want to be and I just have nothing left to give, that's a completely different feeling. And in those moments, it's okay to say, today I can't. So I'm not talking about aligning yourself with a strive for perfection because we are all perfectly imperfect but i am saying up your accountability game and if you can't live it don't say it and if you're asking your employees for something do it where does over promising come into this because i think we live in a world where especially at work or as leaders, mm -hmm. uh, you want to do so many things or you think you can do so many things. And sometimes you'll overpromise, and then you just don't deliver on it. And then what radical accountability would say, what accountability would say, let's take the word radical out of it for a second. What accountability would say is that's when you call the customer or you call your, your boss and you say, I overpromised. I overestimated my ability to get it done in a certain amount of time and I can't deliver against that. You, you just call it out. And what most of us do is we're just afraid of that conversation. We're afraid of what the person will think about us. And what's interesting is we don't let it into our consciousness that if we don't deliver, they're already going to be thinking things about us. If we don't deliver and don't say anything about it, they're already thinking stuff. So own the narrative. 
what happens when you speak to say CEOs, uh, C C level executives, and you're you're telling them to own the narrative, but they're feeling pressures from other places, whether it's their key shareholders, their partners, their you know their chairs, their boards. And there's pressure there, right? You don't, you know, Lots like we said, Michael McCain, he really stepped up and he he said it's on me. And let's be honest, his board would not have been happy that he was doing that. I'm surmising. That was a big assumption. I will declare that I'm making an assumption, but I can't see him going into a board meeting, telling the board that he was going to say, I, as the CEO, own this problem. For sure, one of the board members would have said, do you know what kind of risk you're putting us in? Like the, the litigation on this could be, and he chose to listen to his values. So look, if you're the CEO of a company, you got there because leadership is your thing. And that means stepping into that role. So the the days of excusing yourself because people are giving you pressure or the TSX is giving you pressure, no, you're bigger than that. You're bigger than that. And, and what I do is I call them to remember who they want to be in the world and why they started this in the first place. And, and often what, CEOs will do. I see this a lot because they define leadership as perfection and they don't even realize that they're doing it. They don't want to say when a mistake has been made or when they've showed up inappropriately because they think that that makes them somehow weaker. And what the reality is, is when you admit it, it makes you that much stronger. It makes you stronger. But we're, we're afraid of appearing weak. And we're all human beings. I mean, you know, Brene Brown is as popular as she is because this concept of vulnerability speaks to the souls of everybody. Oh my God, there's other people in the world who are like struggling, who are imperfect, who are making stupid decisions, even though they're super smart, even though they're super wealthy. <laughs> yes, there are all of us, all of us. Brene is the best. Um, I don't please, you, you know, don't say that. Come on. I'm a, I'm a Brene wannabe. So like she is okay, very Michelle good. is be the best. What uh, what can anyone listening to this do today to make sure they're more uh, more accountable? Pick one thing mm -hmm. just today. Pick one thing. So whether it's accountability to yourself, accountability to a colleague, accountability to someone who works for you, accountability to a neighbor, pick one thing where you have something to clean up and you have to own it and articulate your ownership and articulate what, if anything, you're gonna do to fix it. So if it's to self, yesterday I ate badly and I promised myself I'd eat well all week. Today, the first thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go to the grocery store, I'm gonna have three meals in the fridge and I'm gonna own honoring myself today. That's declaring it. If you've spoken, inappropriately to somebody or been crabby with somebody, pick up the phone and say, look, the other day I was really crabby with you. 
I'm really sorry. I shouldn't have spoken to you that way. Don't explain why you did. Don't justify why you did. Just say it's just not okay. And I'm sorry. And I know you know it's not okay. And, and I want you to know that I know it's not okay. And I'm sorry. If it's to a team member and you haven't delivered on a promise to a team member, own it. To a staff member, own it. I know I told you I'd get your performance review by this week. I didn't do it. In order to honor that promise, I'm willing to do it tonight at seven o'clock so that I can meet that promise. If you're open to it. And if not, I'd, I'd like to schedule it for Monday. I apologize for not delivering on my promise to you because I know I always ask you to deliver on your promises to me. And, de and then, so that's step one, just own it, name it. Step two, notice the impact that it makes. Because that is the beginning of the shift. I like that. And I know exactly uh, what I need to own today. Uh, and uh, always, always a pleasure to do this. I, that was a great topic. And I hope you uh, got some value from this episode. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks, Jordan. We'll talk soon. We'll talk soon. Thanks for tuning in and be sure to follow Get Your Shift Together on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and visit michelleferrari.org to learn more. This has been Jordan Harding with Michelle Ferrari reminding you to get your shift together. Join us next time.